if you were around last week, you know we've uh, kicked off uh, a new series. Uh, it's going to last through until the end of February, uh, just dipping into the book of Proverbs. Uh, the title for the series is Destinations. The basic premise is that direction determines destination. Direction and not intention, not hopes and dreams, direction determines destination. It's kind of like if you loaded your car with surfboards and packed all your beach kit and headed north up the M6, you would never get to Cornwall. No matter how hard you pray, how many books you read, how many atlases you study, how many conferences you attend, no matter how long you've been a Christian or how long you've organized or planned the trip, you will never end up in Cornwall because direction, not intention, determines destination. Now, obvious as that sounds in the whole world of geography and travel, when it comes to stuff like our money, our marriages, our moral standards, romance, our entertainment, our educational pursuits, when it comes to all of these other areas in life, it is like there is a huge disconnect. And we desire to end up here, but often we get on a track that takes us there. And when we end up there, we tend to get all frustrated and disappointed and disillusioned, and we start questioning where God is in it all. And all the time is simply down to the track we chose, because the direction you take determines your destination. Now last time, if you remember, we looked at how our culture tries to convince us that really it doesn't matter which direction you take in life. As long as your intentions are right, somehow you'll magically end up at your desired destination. But we saw how this is actually flawed logic. Because ultimately, direction, not intention, determines destination. Hope you got the message. Now this time, I want us to address the whole issue linked with this of how to know which track to be on. Because no one wants to wake up in their 50s wishing they'd taken a different track in their 30s. And no one wants to wake up in their 30s wishing they were on a different track in their 20s. But in so many different areas in our lives, we only get one crack at it. I mean, you only get to be in your 20s once, and you only get to be a student once, unless you do postgraduate stuff, but eventually you move on, and you only get one first marriage and one first job, and there are so many stages of life that there is no time to waste. And the last thing we need to do is complicate things by planning and praying and wishing our lives would work out one way, and then jumping on a track that leads us in the completely opposite direction. So how do you know which track to take? And how do you know when you're making those important decisions in life, how do you know which way to go? I mean, the decisions keep coming thick and fast. How do you know if you're a guy, not how do you know if you're a guy, that's quite obvious, but how do you know if you're a guy whether marrying this girl is the right thing to do? Or how do you know if you're a girl whether marrying this guy is the right thing to do? How do you know a second marriage is going to be good for you? How, how do you know if your relationship with alcohol is going to take you where you want to be? How, how do you know where to live? How do you know whether you should stay 
or go? How do you know which job is going to work out best for you? How do you know whether the way you're handling your finances at the moment is going to secure the future you dream of? How do you know? I mean, these are major life decisions. They're they're not just isolated events. They, They have implications on the rest of your life. And the last thing you want to do is head off in the wrong direction and end up getting completely lost because you don't have time to waste. Let's face it. There doesn't tend to be enough time in life as it is. And the last thing you want to do is take a wrong turn and wake up a few years down the track and have to backtrack because it's never usually that straightforward. If you get lost when you're out driving, you you tend to waste a few minutes, or if you mess up really badly, well, you, you may waste a few hours at worst. But you get lost in life, you end up wasting years. And I don't think any of us want to do that. Now, there are a number of ways to figure out the right track. Today, I want to talk to you about one of them. And I want to introduce you to just a simple verse in the book of Proverbs that I think has the potential to revolutionize your life. So here's what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to, or someone at the back is going to put it up on the screen. In fact, they've done it already, being very efficient. It's there on the screen. And I want you, because I know that audience participation is something we just love around here. So uh, I'm going to get you to repeat it out loud. And by the end, I'm hoping, even if you can't remember anything I've said, I'm hoping you will have memorized this verse. This is what it says. Proverbs 27, verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Okay, let's say that out loud together on the count of three. One, two, three. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Well done. We're just going to do the first part. The prudent... Keep going. The prudent see danger and take refuge. Second part, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Okay, ladies, this is your chance to shine. I want you to do the first part, okay? The prudent Another guy, second part, but the Oh, yes, spoken with experience. Okay, all the left-handed people. No, 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 we're, we're not going to do that. Here's the picture. I guess a lot of you have been in this situation. People begin sharing with you about their life. I I don't know, maybe their relationships are in a mess. Maybe their finances are upside down. Maybe they've made a bad career choice. And they're telling you their story. And as you're listening, you're thinking, really, you should have seen that one coming. They're they're telling the story. And before they get to the end you already kind of know what's going to happen. You've anticipated the conclusion. You, you already know where this is ending up. In fact, if truth be, fo- be told, often I can't help myself. Rather rudely, I tend to butt in, interrupt, and say, hold on a moment. When they said that, didn't you anticipate it was going to lead to this? Or when you saw that, didn't you begin to get ever so slightly suspicious? Or when this happens, didn't you think that was going to happen? Or when you bought that item, didn't you twig? It would leave you with no money. Didn't you kind of see this coming? 
And nine times out of ten, people respond and say, well, yeah, but... And then ask them a second question. And say something like, during this time, when your life was teetering on the edge, did anybody warn you, a friend, a flatmate, a parent perhaps, did, did anybody at any point say, I think you're spending a lot of time with, or do you always drink this much, or I'm really concerned about you in this area. Did, did anybody say anything like this to you? Well, yeah, but the prudent see danger and they take refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. See, in this verse, you have two people, you have two responses, and you have two outcomes. Two people, two responses, two outcomes. Let's start by looking at these two people. You, you have, first of all, the prudent. And the prudent in the book of Proverbs is a wise person. The, the wise person, the prudent person, understands that life is connected. There is cause and effect. There's a relationship between yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Life tends to be linear. If you move from A to B, the chances are you're then going to move on to C. The, the wise person, the, the prudent person, lives life asking the question, in the light of my past experience and in the light of my future hopes and dreams, where I want to end up in life, what is the best thing? What's the wise thing? In some cases, what's the right thing for me to do? Because the wise person, the prudent person, understands that life is connected. The events of life are linked together. Whereas the simple person, or the naive person, is the complete opposite. They think that life is disconnected. The naive person, the simple person, thinks that today is about today, and tomorrow is about tomorrow, and really they're not joined up, they're not connected. And the fact that happened the last four times I showed up doesn't mean it will happen next time. And just because the last time we doesn't mean the next time we... You see, somehow, the naive person doesn't connect the dots together about the future. The, the naive person just thinks it's all just kind of going to work out. And that I can have intention A and be on path B and somehow path B is going to magically lead to intention A. They, they just don't put things together. Two different people. The prudent and the simple. And you also have here two different responses to the same situation. The prudent, they see danger and they what? They take refuge. Well, you're on the ball today. The prudent see danger and they take refuge. Do you know what the prudent do when, when they see an issue, when they see a problem, they see a roadblock? They take the appropriate action. They actually do something. They respond to the data. They, they look at the information in front of them and they say, what would be the reasonable response to this? What would be the logical thing to do here? What would the average rational person do if they saw this right in the middle of the track? And they do it. They do something. They 
take refuge. What do the simple do? What do they do? They keep going. Ah, more than one person, I'm sure, knows it. What do they do? They, they keep going. The simple go, that's probably going to be a problem. So what are you going to do about it then? Well, I really ought to do something. But you know what? I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to hope it all works out in the end. But, but don't you see? Yeah, you're right. I probably should do something. I'm not arguing with you here. I just ought to change what I'm doing. You see, the simple person thinks that if I drive at 70 miles an hour towards the wall, when I get to the wall, I won't hit the wall. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. And when I get there, things will just work out. The simple just keep going. Now, the problem with this terminology, the, the problem with this vocabulary is... I guess most of us hate to be thought of as simple or naive, but that's the vocabulary, that's the language which the Bible uses. The Bible says that when you see a problem in the future and you choose to stay on the same track, you are simple. You're naive. If you think you can follow a particular track without ever arriving at the destination, then it's like you're deluded, you're you're naive. The, The book of Proverbs often talks of people who are foolish, people who are fools. It's, it's strong language. Let me tell you how religious people tend to handle this. Because as you listen to this message today, here's what's going to be happening to a lot of you. You are going to feel convicted by this. You're going to feel like God is really putting his finger on something in your life. But here's what so often happens. We, we confuse conviction. We, we, we confuse feelings of guilt with real, authentic relationship with God. You, you can be sitting there right now thinking, I really oughtn't drink so much. I, I really do need to end that relationship. I, I, I really should stop doing that. You, you feel convicted. And when you feel convicted, you feel really close to God. It's like he's speaking directly to you. And you leave at the end of the meeting thinking, how much you love this church. I mean, God's here. He, he speaks to me every week. But then you go away and don't do anything about it. So I'll tell you what that is. It's a waste of time. So I'll tell you how much good feeling convicted does you. It, it not only does you no good, it does you negative good. You, you keep coming, you sing all the songs, you might clap, you, you, you put some money in the basket as it goes by, but if you leave no different than when you came, apart from feeling slightly more convicted, what's the point? If you see danger and just keep going... It's like you're simple. You're, you're naive. You're, you're wasting your time. The, the prudent, the wise, they see danger and they do something. The simple, that they see danger, that they admit and acknowledge it, but then don't do anything about it. They just keep going. Two different responses. The prudent see danger and they take refuge. But the simple keep going. And then... There are two reactions we find here. Two reactions, two responses, two results. The prudent see danger and they take refuge. And do you know what the result is? We'll come back to this in, in a few moments' time. But 
they tend to then end up looking rather foolish because prudent people, wise people, act like then is now. They they don't wait until they're at the wall. They put the brakes on several hundred metres ahead. They, uh, They don't wait until they're right on the brink of disaster. They make changes well in advance. And they may look a little foolish, but you know what? They avoid pain. They avoid suffering. They avoid unnecessary problems because the prudent see danger and they also take refuge. That's the outcome. But the writer of the Proverbs Proverbs tells us specifically what the outcome of the simple and naive is. The the simple keep going and they what? They, They suffer for it. They suffer for it. At the end of the process, because they insisted on keeping going, although they saw danger, they suffer for it. Now, I've talked to enough people who simply kept following the track and ended up suffering for it to know that the question they often ask is, well, why could God let this happen to me? The reason is, God tends to work by principles. For example, a bit drastic, I know, but if you jump off the building, you're likely to land on the concrete. Don't blame God. It's the principle of gravity. But it hurts. Well, you shouldn't have jumped then. You see, God gives us principles to live by. They're for our protection. They're there for our good. And when we choose to ignore them and just keep going anyway, we're likely to end up harming ourselves in the process. And when we then ask God why he let it happen, surely he's well within his rights to turn around and point us to passages in the Bible like this one in Proverbs that we're looking at today. The prudent, they see the danger and they take refuge. But the simple They keep going and they suffer for it. These passages are here to warn us. But if we ignore them, what right have we got to then turn around and blame God? It's like we've got no excuse. And here's the really tragic thing. If we keep on ignoring them, there tend to be points where there's no return. You know that in life, whether it's in your finances, your relationships, whatever, there are points where all your options end up being bad. Suddenly, life begins to unravel on you. And it's like you've got three options, and they're all bad. And you think, if I could just back up ten years... I'd have some better options. Or if I could just back up five years, I I could have got off this track with very little consequence. But there is a point where if you continue down a certain track, you end up without any good options left for you. You suffer harm. Why? Because you kept going. Why? Because I felt convicted, but I didn't do anything about it. I kind of felt everything would just work out. And besides, everyone else is on this track. I I don't want to stand out from the crowd. I mean, we can't all be wrong, can we? But keep on adopting this approach. We end up suffering harm for it. Listen, if you are 60 years old 
that isn't the time to start thinking about saving for retirement, is it? It, it doesn't matter how much you pray about it, you've missed the opportunity. You, you've kept going, and now you're suffering for it. And every time someone advised you to start saving, to make plans, you thought, I'd better do something about it. You, you didn't disagree, but you didn't take action. It's like you were naive. And now it's too late. Or ladies, when, when you're pregnant, that's not really the time to evaluate, do I really love this guy? But it happens all the time. You, you've gone too far down the track and now none of the options seem good to you. And you think, I wish I'd decided whether I want to marry him three years ago, a year, six months ago, the, the, the night before last. I, I wish I'd stopped and evaluated when I had better options. But now you're suffering. And you know what? I really don't mean for this to come across as harsh, but it's your fault. God doesn't love you less. He couldn't love you more. That, that's the amazing thing about all of this. It, he doesn't reject us. It, it, it's not like it, he, he, it, he, he leaves us, but the pain and the frustration comes from the fact that you ignored this simple principle. You are simply where the track you were on led you. Might not have been your intention. Certainly isn't what you hoped or dreamt for your life. But direction determines destination. Always. Or once you're addicted. Once you're addicted, that really isn't the time to think, well, I really need to be more disciplined. The, the opportunity to be more disciplined has probably gone. Now you're addicted, none of the options that remain are good. Because if you confess to your family, your husband, your wife, your employer, your friends, that's going to be really hard for you. And if you don't confess, well, that's even worse because secrets continue to grow. And the thing with secrets is they tend to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until they spiral out of control and they become more and more powerful until they control you. It's like, now you're here none of your options are good. But there was a time when you had options. People said to you, you're drinking too much. I, I think you're spending too much time on the internet. Aren't you spending a bit too much time with them? And you thought, yeah, you're probably right. But you didn't do anything. You just kept going. And now you find you're beginning to suffer for it. The prudent, the wise, they see danger and they seek refuge. They do something. But the simple, the naive, the, they know better. They've been warned, but they keep going. And they suffer for it. You know, perhaps the two areas where this is most important for most of us uh, are finances and our relationships. If you could just apply this simple principle in these two areas, it would radically change what's going on around you. It really would. First of all, when it comes to relationships, you never evaluate a relationship on where it is. You should always evaluate a relationship in terms of where it's heading, where it's going. You see, all relationships move. All relationships are going somewhere. They're either getting better or they're getting worse. They're, they're getting stronger. 
or they're getting weaker. They're, they're getting more intimate or less intimate. Relationships move. You, you, you always evaluate a relationship based on where it's going. The prudent, they look ahead. They see where it's going. They see danger and they do something about it. They take refuge. But the sinful, the naive, they look ahead, see danger, keep going, and they suffer for it. That's why if you're married and your husband or your wife keeps saying to you, we really ought to speak to someone about our relationship, you know what they're doing? They're saying, we were at A, then we were at B, and now we're heading towards C or D. We need to do something. But you're going, hey, we haven't had an argument for two days. And they say, yeah, that's because you've been away on business the last two days. And you're thinking, well, things are okay today. They, they might have been ever so slightly worse than last month. And last month was only slightly worse than the previous month. It's not like things are getting dramatically worse. But, but they're going, but look, I see where we're going. We need to do something. The prudent, the wise, they see danger and they do something. Simple. The naive, they keep going and think somehow it's all just going to get better. Relationships are always moving. You, you should never evaluate a relationship on where it is today. Always evaluate it on where it is going, where it's heading. Listen, if you're married and you slowly find yourself spending more and more and more time with someone of the opposite sex who is not your husband or not your wife, is moving, is going somewhere. You are foolish if you merely respond to the situation today. You are wise if you respond to the direction of the relationship. If this is where we started out, and this is where we are right now, where are we going to be a year, two years, five years from now? You ignore this long enough, you'll wake up with very poor options. I'm telling you, you would give anything to come back to today, to do something different. That's what the prudent, that's what the wise person does. Or if you're single, and someone of the opposite sex who's married keeps popping into your office, or sending you texts, or offering to help out, is moving, is going somewhere. Don't be simple. Don't be naive. Don't just say, it'll be okay. It's a track. It's taking you somewhere. It's the same with finances. This is why if if I could have just one wish for everyone in the church financially, it wouldn't be that you gave more to the church, although that would be great. If I had one wish... It would be that you'd take this one principle to heart. The borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. And if you're a slave today because of consumer debt, then you'll be a bigger slave tomorrow and a year from now and ten years from now. You might be really generous in your heart, really generous, really want to give, but you can't be generous with your money because you're a slave. I don't think anyone started out thinking, one day, I want to have so much debt that I'm a slave to people I don't even know. I don't think any of us started out thinking, I I, I long for the day when I live in a house I can't afford 
I long for the day, I dream of the day when I drive a car that's costing me a fortune in interest-free payments alone. I, I long for the day where I can wear clothes I can't pay for. Can't wait for that day. I dream of the day I get there. No one does that. You, you dream to be financially secure. Your, your dream is to be financially free. But if you're on a track, it's all about racking up more debt to support a lifestyle that's beyond you. It's taking you somewhere. And the simple, the naive, they say, I guess I should do something about it. I don't know where to start. It, it worries me if I open the bills, so I just don't open them anymore. Uh, I guess we should think about downsizing. I, I suppose we should cancel those subscriptions. It, it'd be a good idea to cut up those credit cards. So are you going to? No, I mean, no one else does that. Surely we're not all wrong. The prudent see danger and they do something. But the simple keep going, thinking it'll just all work out in the end and they end up suffering for it. Now, if as you hear all of this, you're serious about acting on it, you're serious about doing something about it today, There are four words that I'd like you, if you're taking notes, to write down. If you're not taking notes, you need to rely on your memory here. Four words I want you to remember. These aren't steps. They're more like experiences along the way. These are like four dynamics which go hand in hand with this whole principle I've been unpacking today. Here's the first one. Action. You have to do something. That's what I've been trying to show you today. Maybe you have to end that relationship. Maybe you have to make a phone call. Maybe you have to get rid of your credit cards. Maybe you have to sell something. You have to have that tough conversation. You need to get a new job. I don't know what it is, but the prudent, they see danger, and they don't just pray. They don't just think about it. They don't just sit around contemplating. They do something. When they see danger, they take refuge. They take action. So if you find yourself right now on the wrong track, you're going to have to do something about it. It's not enough to just feel convicted or bad about it. You need to take action. The second word is sacrifice. Most of the time, to get off a certain track you're on is going to require sacrifice. You have to give something up. And let's be honest, most of us aren't all that good at that. That's why we have debt, because we're not good at giving stuff up. In fact, rather than sacrifice, we go the opposite way. That's why we have stuff we can't afford. We accumulate more and more stuff we don't need. That's just the culture we're in. So the whole idea of sacrifice is so different, so uncomfortable. But if you are going to apply this principle, you are going to have to sacrifice something. It might be relationally. It could be financially. You might have to sacrifice your reputation. It could be your pride is what's on the line here. You might have to sacrifice a lifestyle. You have to sacrifice a friendship, maybe a romance. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know this from experience. When I decide that when I see danger, I'm going to act... It almost always requires sacrifice. I think that's why a lot of the time we really don't do anything about it. That's why we 
get in our cars at the end of the meeting and head home to our same lifestyles, our same relationships, our same habits, and we say, hey, he's probably right. Oh, it is a challenging message, but to do anything about it, it's going to be just too complicated. How am I ever going to explain to them that I went to church today and I heard this sermon and I know I promised, I know we agreed, but I'm going to have to bring it to an end. I'm going to have to say no to that opportunity. I'm going to have to do things differently from now on. It it is just too complicated. So you know what? What you say sounds great. It it makes tremendous sense. It's very convicting. But I think I'm just going to keep going. Don't let the sacrifice put you off. Third word is the word embarrassment. Changing track tends to be an embarrassing thing to do. And here's why. The the people who know you are going to look at you and they're going to base what you're doing and the decisions you're making on the situation right now. But you're acting as though then is now. You're saying, I'm not going to respond to today. I'm going to be prudent here. I'm going to be really wise. I'm going to look down the track and if I see danger in the distance... I'm going to act as though what is there is here and I'm going to act now before it's too late. Which means you're going to have to make some decisions that your friends and family just won't understand. A bit like Noah building an ark in the middle of a drought. You're, You're going to have to make decisions that you'll never be able to explain fully to others. In fact, in some cases, you won't even be able to talk about it because it's so personal. It's so private. And the people around you, they will not understand. They cannot understand. They might even try to dissuade you. You might feel like if you take this course of action, you will die of embarrassment. But the fourth word is relief. Relief. Because the day will come when you breathe this huge sigh of relief. And you may look back to this day as the day you got off a track that was going to lead you to destruction in some area of your life. And a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you'll look back and you will breathe this huge sigh of relief. And you'll say, what if I hadn't acted What if I hadn't made that choice? What if I hadn't ended that relationship? What if I hadn't made that financial decision? What if I hadn't confronted that person? You'll breathe a huge sigh of relief. Now, I know what it's like. I know it is much easier just to keep going, at least in the short term. But one day, you will suffer harm for it. By contrast, choosing to change track is going to require a lot of effort. It it means taking specific action. It's it's likely to mean some sacrifice. There there may be some embarrassment. You will end up breathing a sigh of relief. So let me ask you, are you on some tracks right now that you need to get off? I'm not talking about the person next to you or the person three rows in front. You're aware of what's going on in their life. You, are you aware of any tracks you need to get off? The the temptation facing you right now is to say, yeah, there are, but. 
but I'll take my chances. I'll just keep on going. I want to appeal to you. Won't you fight that temptation? Don't be simple. Don't be naive. Don't be a fool. If, if God's been speaking to you today, and you choose to keep going down the track you're on. You will suffer for it. It will do you harm. And I don't want you in a year, in two years, three years from now, looking back and thinking, I would do anything to get back to that day. I wish I'd acted on what I knew while I still had some options. So I'm pleading with you, don't waste another moment on a track that leads you to a place you don't want to go, whether it's relationally or financially or spiritually whether it's an addiction or what you do for entertainment, whether it's an academic pursuit, whether it's in the whole area of your work, your career, don't waste another moment. Because your Heavenly Father, who loves you, has put enough warnings in the middle of that track to spell out to you loud and clear, danger is coming. And now it's up to you to do something about it. The prudent may see danger and they take refuge. But the simple, keep going and suffer for.